0: Hi everyone, so um, I wanted to explain some of my food podcasts, Uh, my friend on Twitter, the one to whom I dedicated the the Jamaican um, recipes to, episode two, posted a very, I don't know, poignant, no, touching, no, nail on the head quote. About children who are empty in their stomach are empty in their mind, and that reminded me of an event when I was in junior high. And uh, my teacher—I'm not going to give her name. I don't don't like giving personal names. Um, My teacher heard some kids that were relatively well off mocking the quote unquote poor kids who had to come to eat breakfast, they had to come early to eat breakfast in the cafeteria and several of them worked in the food program in order to have money to eat you know this is one of those ones where I'm trying not to cry because things like that they hurt me when I see people in pain right They hurt me in ways where it's difficult to it's difficult to reconcile. I'm sure you people, uh, I say you people, you listeners, (laughs) all you people out there, uh, I'm sure you guys out there, all of you people, that's really what I mean when I say you people, all of you people out there, um, listen to my podcast about Santa Claus, and begging the Shazam people to reshoot 30 seconds of that movie, uh, because of how Santa Claus means so much to some kids that have so little and nothing, right? The Toys for Tots program and everything, and and kids sending pleas for sick family members and stuff like that. I, I mean, I see those letters every year, um... The last couple of years, I haven't had enough to really donate to the to the Toys for Tots program, but that's something that I do strongly believe in. And the letters of Santa. Well, this is another thing that I strongly believe in. So my teacher heard these kids making fun of kids who weren't well off, and she said it's not funny, and they started, uh, you know. The, these asshole kids kind of mocked the teacher and, and people said, you shut up, right? Most of the class was decent. But it only takes a couple of bad eggs to cause a problem, right? As we know in, in life and in all things, like cops, it takes a couple of bad eggs to cause real problems. When the majority of cops out there pretty decent. Uh, you know, Obviously, depending on the department. Some departments are fully corrupt. Other departments have run out of the corruption. Well, she started screaming at them and shaking and crying. And she told a story. She said, you don't know what it's like to grow up seeing your friends at school, people you know who aren't friends, throw up after lunch because they that's their only meal of the day. And their lunch is so rich for them because they don't eat for the rest of the day that their stomach can't hold it in. And what she's describing is something that one of the things that FDR fought against when he created the bagged lunch program in the 30s that the Republicans fought against. A lot of them did. Uh, Thankfully, Ike Eisenhower believed in that and created hot lunch Fridays with bagged lunches the rest of the day. And JFK expanded that to also include hot lunches every day with an option uh, of breakfast. I believe he expanded it to breakfast, if not, it might have been LBJ. Uh, But a lot of schools receive breakfast funding and and whatever funding. And it's because kids were throwing up because... malnutrition in this country was horrendous you know we often think of malnutrition being third world countries only like in africa where where people go in and and try to help uh the really bad places in africa where the children don't have any food you know but that was our country too 60 years ago 70 years ago 80 years ago Malnutrition was rampant, and a lot of kids. I didn't cry when she was yelling, because I was so angry at those kids that were mocking the poor kids who had to had to work for food. My fr- I, I like to think of myself as being a good a good um, a relatively good judge of, of people. Maybe not all the time, but I had some good friends back then. Every single one of my friends came down on those assholes that were insulting the kids that were too poor to afford food or had to eat breakfast in the morning. And a couple of those kids only ate breakfast and lunch and it was only at school. So... You know, um, teachers did try to help the kids and... And um, malnutrition really is an evil in this world. And there's no justification for it. You know, cleaning off your plate and thinking of kids in China, it doesn't save food for kids who are hungry. It really doesn't. Because our food system is so fucked up the ass that we all have cities like San Francisco fining people hundreds if not thousands of dollars for trying to feed the homeless and the poor. When I was talking about Africa and saying that there are places much like Africa here in this country, I didn't want to depress everyone, but there are places in this country where we are waging a war on the poor and we are starving children and the homeless. And that's not right. It's also not right that there are places in Africa still suffering from genocide and malnutrition We need to do something if we can do something because we have the power. And there's a difference between symbiotic colonization and oppressive colonization. I've made that distinction many times. Symbiotic colonization may simply be as simple as sending assistance. It may not necessarily be the full definition of colonization, but Doctors Without Borders... When they go out, they set up camp. They set their lives up in an area, essentially like colonizing. But instead of dictating rules and dictating uh, punishments and enslaving people, what do they do? They bring medicines and they bring food. And they bring knowledge. And they try to help places that need the help the most. Um, I'm sorry, I, I sound like I'm choking up here. I, I kind of, because you know, the, for for a number of reasons. This also goes back to another podcast that I recently made where I talked there's no such thing as unconscious racism. Uh, please listen to that if you want to know what I mean. And in no way am I excusing racism when I say that either. Um, I have a very very strong view uh, about uh, about racism and and how much of an evil it is. But uh, sometimes people are too fatigued and too stretched then to be able to do anything. And you can't reach out there to do anything. And then you have charity funds like the Christian uh, Children's uh, Fund. It turns out that eighty percent of the fucking money going into it is paid to the administrators. They say just ten cents a day will feed a child. Eight of that cents goes to an administrator. How how is that how is that feeding a child? I think I got the percentage right if I didn't please forgive me. But there are some good charities out there that do feed children. That do try to help other people. That do try to deliver medicine. That's also why I created my food podcast. If you notice, numerous of my recipes are very inexpensive. Um, I try to focus on things that are inexpensive, that will fit within a budget, that are simple but also full to, full of flavor. You know, you might say you mentioned ribs a lot. Yeah, actually. Uh, I live in an area where sometimes ribs are half the cost of ground beef. And th- that's part of the problem with food. Some areas, like lobster over here, incredibly expensive where I live, you know, landlocked state. You go over to Maine, lobster's like pff, penny a pound, right? <laughs> Maybe a little bit more. Uh, but every once in a while, uh, there are ribs uh, that are half the cost of ground beef um, or even a quarter of the cost of ground beef. Cheese, very simple, full of protein. Bread, inexpensive. Um, salsa, I mentioned salsa a lot. Do you know how inexpensive salsa is and what a powerful seasoning it is? I stuffed pepper recipes. Do you know how inexpensive Anaheim peppers are? Well, usually when they're on sale, or or red, or orange, or yellow bell peppers, people always go for the green. That's why I say, don't really go for the green. Green are unripened bell peppers. Look it up. Green bell peppers do not exist. They are unripened red, yellow, and orange peppers. And bell peppers are typically inexpensive. At least where I live. Things like zucchini, squash, sweet potatoes. A lot of people go for the hamburger helper. Um, That's fine, it's inexpensive, but it can destroy uh, your health because of the sodium in it. You know, Um, craft uh, dinners, right? Very cheap. 79 cents to 99 cents and uh, I suggest using a little bit of salsa to spice it up, put some extra vitamins and minerals in the bowl. That's because I care about all of you out there, even the people that aren't listening even if you may be a hateful racist, I care that I, I don't care for your opinions if you're a hateful racist, but I care that you don't die of malnutrition. That, you know, I've known some hateful racists with kids who are very anti-racist. Kind of like Archie Bunker, right? His daughter was very anti-racist. And I want to make sure, whatever you are out there, whatever family you have out there, that your children have something good to eat. You know, um, when I can, I I donate uh, directly to the food bank. Um, There's a special program Kroger has where you can buy a box for like $5, $10, $25. And that money is better than buying canned food and putting it in a bag because that money goes directly to the food bank for them to order the exact type of food that they need. And that money, instead of paying for transportation for for uh, boxes of food, that money goes right to their bank account. And more of that money goes into the mouths of people who are hungry than if you donate cans of food. Um, I still do donate cans of food and everything else, but those boxes get a lot more mileage out of your money. So you wonder why I have a food podcast You wonder why I say food is culture, it connects people. Because it is, and it does. And the more connected you feel to the people around you, I'm hoping that affects you in a positive way where you will maybe in your life help your neighbor out a little bit more. If you see somebody who's starving Help them out a little bit more. Maybe have a barbecue. Invite that family that people say, oh, they're poor, they're worthless, or they're, they're terrible, they're trash, because they don't have money. Maybe invite the, them over for a nice barbecue dinner on Sunday um, or Saturday. or uh, You don't know, get together, know some of your neighbors. I know there are a lot of neighbors where you don't get along. Uh, I've had neighbors where I don't get along with them at all. But there are other neighbors out there um, that you should reach out and know, you know. Even if they're neighbors on the internet and they're across town or whatever. Maybe you know a family. And, uh, and I don't mean, I don't mean be patriot patriot. Uh, what is that word? Patronizing. Don't patronize people. When you ask somebody over to share a dinner with you, do it in earnest. Don't do it because you're throwing a hand out. Do it in earnest because you want to know more about them and you want to share with them the culture of your family. See, not only do you have a culture that may be racial or ethnic, but you also have a culture of your own family. Whatever your family may be made of. Whether you're straight or LGBTQ, doesn't matter. Whether or not you've got a girlfriend or a wife or a husband or a you know boyfriend, daughter, son, doesn't matter. Maybe it's just you and one other person, and you just want to share your family maybe it's a family too. But share your family. Share your history. <coughs> share your history with your neighbors and people you know. Food is powerful. It's created empires. It's united nations, tribes and ethnicities the world over. Rome was built on food and trade and its roads. You know, when they say all roads lead to Rome, that's because Rome knew how to create a real highway system for trade. Straight lines. No, no goofy bullshit. Burrowing through mountains. Meeting tunnels, meeting in the middle of mountains, less than an inch off. That's fucking amazing. And Rome did it to exchange culture. Now, there there was some oppressive colonization and there was some symbiotic colonization with Rome. Rome did it all. Rome was the template for the modern government structure, modern social structure. And they did it all through trade and food. You can say, well, they had a military. Military only takes you so far. Military takes you through violent conquest. Military does not take you through peaceful coexistence. And we're talking about an empire that lasted centuries. Rome's lifespan dwarfs our own. And for the longest time, Rome's uh, industry, industry, and market and trade outshined our own. But what kept them together was food and culture and an exchange of ideas, free exchange of ideas between the people. And I'm not saying Rome was perfect. Rome had a lot of real, real problems. I mean, but the point is, and we've come a long way since Rome. The point is, that's why I made my food podcast. Because somehow I want to you to help us unite with each other. And taste each other's culture. And you know what? That's another reason why I have a real problem with assholes from universities saying. Don't celebrate this because that's cultural appropriation. Do not taste their food. Do not make their food. You're white. You are prohibited. That's not how real life works. And those people, they think they're progressive. They're really closed-minded pieces of trash. Cultural appropriation, as I've said before, is where you say, oh no, this was really ours and we shall kill you and take over your culture. The Nazis did that, the communists did that. That's cultural appropriation, saying, Oh, Cinco de Mayo. Oh, I'd love to celebrate it. Let me learn more about it. Oh, Mariachi Band. That's an exchange of culture. That's learning and tasting and becoming neighbors. With the people in Oaxaca, I, I believe it was Puebla or Oaxaca. Maybe I'm wrong. I believe I, I'm pretty sure it was Oaxaca who, for a short time, defeated the French. Ooh. Uh, of course, the French came back. Ooh. Uh But, uh, <laughs> uh... The point is, for a short period there, there was a moment of celebration for the Mexican people. And when you celebrate Cinco de Mayo, you learn about that, and you are their brothers and their sisters. And the Mexican people who celebrate uh, that holiday, <laughs> very few Mexican people celebrate that holiday. Let me, that's the reality. But as I said before, um, I'm sorry, I had a little cough. Um, the Mexican people who celebrate that holiday who share it with you, because they are sharing it with us. They want us to become their brothers and sisters. They want us to learn about their culture, to celebrate their culture. And when we join in, we become their brothers and sisters. We know more about them. We understand more about them. And understanding more about your neighbor, wherever they may be. Your neighbor on the planet Earth. That's a fatal sentence, a death sentence, against racism and hatred and intolerance and bigotry. And the more you spread that celebration around, the less of a chance racism, bigotry, intolerance, the less of a chance those things have to survive. And the more you spread around your culture and your food, the more chance we have to fight one of the ultimate evils in human history that's mal- malnutrition. And I promise you, I will continue to try to give you wonderful recipes. That are inexpensive because and easy to cook. Because who knows? Maybe you share your knowledge with somebody that you don't know actually is watching their pennies. And you share, oh, you know, I, I had this really wonderful dish, just macaroni and cheese, toss a little bit of salsa in, and the person says, salsa? But yeah, it, it has a nice little kick to it. And they, well, how does cheese and tomatoes go together? And your response is, wonderfully. Give it a try. And they go around and they think, well, you know, uh, it's 79 cent craft Dinner. It's all we have to eat tonight. I think I will try that salsa. And the salsa's got a lot of vitamins and minerals in it. Okay, let me kick it up a little bit for my family. Maybe something like that will happen in your life and you may never know it. Stuffed peppers. Oh my God, this is famous. I love eating stuffed peppers. You know, I... I, I Every once in a while, I chat with somebody in the supermarket. There are a lot of friendly people in the supermarket, you know. And sometimes the opportunity presents itself that you can have a discussion with somebody. It doesn't happen all the time. I mean, don't be crazy. But every once in a while, it happens. And when that happens, feel free to discuss what you're fixing or what you're getting. Anyway, um, malnutrition is one of the fundamental evils in human history. That's why in the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, famine is one of the Four Horsemen. Famine is nothing to laugh at. It, it's, it, it brings pestilence and disease and death. Famine alone may actually be one of the worst of the four. Uh, And I want all of you to have something good to eat. I want, I want everybody to learn how to cook, because cooking is a basic need of survival. Even if you think you don't need to, even though, even if you think, oh, I got enough money, I can eat takeout every day. Please also learn to cook, because you may have to share those skills with somebody someday. And that somebody may actually need those skills. And also, please share your culture. Please share and taste other cultures. Like, the Day of the Dead is, is actually a, a Roman holiday. It's not Mexican in, in any way. It's actually a Roman holiday. The very same form of celebration existed in Rome. Uh, The Mexican version of that holiday is adding, you know, um, candied skulls and adding more celebration to it, you know, which is fantastic. See, the Romans shared in many ways. The Roman holiday was shared throughout the ages, the food, the recipes, the celebration, that culture was shared. It was shared with the Irish. It was shared with the Visigoths. It was shared with Africa, North Africa. And pardon me, I lost my voice. Uh, North Africa. And when it was shared with the Spanish that then brought that tradition over and in the bloody conquest over the Aztecs, who were just as bloody and murderous as the Spanish. I mean, those two empires deserved each other. The end result, though, the Spanish shared their version of the holiday, and the Mexicans who were left, you know, former Aztecs, you know, Inca, um, when they adopted the holiday, they added their own culture to it. When the Irish adopted the holiday, they added their culture to it. We wound up with Halloween. North of the border, uh, and Mexico uh, wound up with the Roman holiday, the Roman uh, which turned into a Catholic holiday of leaving food for the past people and remembering the dead. It's not there's no such thing as a pure holiday in this relationship of Halloween or Day of the Dead. There's no such thing as any one of those being pure and it all came from cultural exchange and cultural evolution and by the way if anybody ever tells you don't celebrate day of the dead that's cultural appropriation uh, bitch slap them okay? bitch slap them and say yeah no it's Roman asshole um, or you could explain to, to them it was Roman it was shared and it's being shared with us it's a holiday that has lasted centuries and predates your preconceived notion of what the culture is that owns it. Of course, I just you know like bitch slapping people. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, so that's my point. There is no purity in food. There's no purity in in uh, celebrations. Share the celebrations. Understand your neighbors. Understand their food. Understand the history of food. Share that history. Share the food. Learn more about your neighbors. And introduce yourself to the neighbor, your neighbors so they learn more about you. 30 minutes of me preaching to you against the horrors of malnutrition, against the horrors of Our cultural segregation that's going on. So that's what's really going on. People who scream, cultural appropriation are actually cultural segregationists. And even though they may think that they're doing the right thing, they're doing something really horrible. And food is probably... Uh, I've said it before, food is the most important connection between cultures. Trinkets will only take you so far. Food gives you a taste. It gives you a taste of the flavors of somebody's life. You know what's really funny? As a passing thought, as a final thought. Jews know this. Because during the celebration of the Festival of Lights and during other celebrations, um, oh my God, Passover, that's the word, during Passover, the Jewish community teaches and reminds themselves and other people uh, inviting other people to learn more about their culture Um, because the Judaic culture in many ways is also part Christian I mean Jesus was a Jew you know we're talking about Abrahamic uh, celebrations here and a lot of Muslims have very similar Food and very similar celebrations. In these celebrations, certain types of food are served because that taste of food brings you across time and space to a land far away. And you're there instantly when you taste the food because you suddenly know what they had to eat centuries ago. Maybe your ancestors, very likely your ancestors. And even if you're African-American, there is a huge Jewish uh, sect in Africa, And they have the same celebrations, too. And they have the same food there, too. And in a lot of ways, this is how the Jewish people have survived so many attempts to to eradicate their religion and their culture. Because they share it. And because they make sure that the food survives. Um, the Irish have a similar thing, although it's really strange because, you know, St. Patrick's Day, American Irish have completely different food, completely different celebrations. But if you research why, you find out that's because the Irish were unable to get traditional Irish food, so they adapted a new culture to their celebration. A lot of people in Ireland don't understand that. So, you know, I've tried to explain it to several and they say, oh, well, that's fascinating. And then people in Ireland share their culture, their St. Patrick's Day celebrations and their food. Catholics have a very similar uh, practice of sharing food and celebrations. Such as fried fish on Friday very simple recipes. That's where I learned how to say that. I mean, I love my crunchy fish. I called them crunchy fish because I ate the bones in all. and all. Calcium's very important for you. Uh, you know, a lot of, that's why a lot of people will eat the bones and fish. And that's also part of the culture of eating whole fish that are fried. Because your body needs the calcium. There's so many reasons out there to share food. And I'm at 35 minutes and all I'm doing is repeating myself. I hope I've said something of value. I hope you understand now why I'm so passionate about food. And why I want to share so much with all of you. I hope you take care and have a wonderful day. And as I said before, I love all of you. I hope all of you have wonderful lives and have wonderful days. And take care. Bye.